In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we're going to hear from Luke Lalonde of the Canadian indie rock band Born Ruffians. But first, before we get started... In case you haven't heard, South by Southwest, the massive conference and festival that takes over Austin, Texas in early March, it's almost here. And KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, has a ton going on. We have morning shows at the Four Seasons. And when I say morning, I mean like morning as in they start at 7 a.m. People like Ghostland Observatory and Nathaniel Rateliff and Melat, who you heard about from the previous episode, they will all be there. There's going to be kids music courtesy of our kids show Spare the Rock, Spoil the Child. It's a killer lineup. You can find all the details at KUTX.org. One of the artists who will be there is the incredible Minneapolis rapper Dessa. And I'll also get to interview her during a live taping of this very podcast as part of the official South by Southwest podcast stage. That goes down Thursday, March 15th from 2 to 3 in the Wisteria Room at the Fairmont Hotel. I'll see you there. Now, let's get started with Luke Lalonde of Born Ruffians. Born Ruffians, they won't be at South by Southwest. They'll be on tour supporting their new record, Uncle Duke and the Chief. The record came out last week, and it's like this really emotionally centered record that takes elements of pop and rock and folk and gives you songs that make you want to like dance and maybe cry at the same time, which if you've heard this podcast before, you may have heard that dancing and crying is like one of my favorite things ever. I got to talk to singer and guitar player and songwriter Luke Lalonde a couple of weeks before Uncle Duke and the Chief came out. And he told me about a song that he really can't remember not knowing, but that he only recently understood the greatness of. I chose Far From Me by John Prine. It's not a, it didn't, I, I can't say it changed my life because it's always been part of my life. Um, like, I, I don't remember a time when I didn't know this song, but it, it's a song that's sort of been peeled back throughout the course of my life, maybe the layers of it. Like, I, when I was a little kid, I probably just heard it and recognized the chorus when my dad would sing it or whatever. Um... And then as I got a bit older, certain lines would jump out as being like kind of funny or kind of interesting, and then it became more and more poignant. And now I recognize it as, like, in my opinion, one of the best songs ever written, just like as far as songwriting as a craft goes. As the cafe was closing on a warm summer night, the cafe was cleaning the spoons. Radio play the hit parade. And I hummed along with the tune. It's about this woman, Kathy, and each verse she's either 
she's closing something down or she's like she's cleaning the spoons and then she's turning the lights off at the diner and then she's closing her purse she's always like shutting something off or closing something and he's always trying to reach out to her and you know connect to her and in the first verse he's singing along to this music and and she and she asks him to change it because it drives her crazy but he says that he knows it's not the music he knows it's him that's driving her crazy she asked me to change the station Said the song just drove her insane But it weren't just the music playing It was me she was trying to blame And so there's just that little moment of like, oh man, I feel like I've been there before and it just kind of breaks your heart a little bit for this guy. And then the second verse, it's it's he's reminiscing how they used to laugh together and and she still laughs with him but she waits just a second too long Kathy was closing the lights Junebug flew from the warmth he once knew and I wished for once I weren't right while we used to laugh together and we danced to any old song well you know she still laughs with me, but she waits just a second too long. That was the line, I think. It just kind of almost makes you cry, you know, like it's just something about it and something about his voice. Um, and then it, and then the final one is quite, he asks her if he's going to, if she's going to see him tomorrow. And uh, she can't, she's got too much to do. And it's a question ain't really a question if you know the answer too. Will you? still see me tomorrow No, I got too much to do Well, a question ain't really a question If you know the answer to He, he knows, he's aware that she doesn't love him And, and it's just, I think uh, it's so hard As a songwriter, you appreciate somebody's ability to kind of capture a feeling like that it's a pretty big feeling um it's not just love it's the feeling of of being aware that somebody else doesn't love you uh and that so many of us can connect to that it's such a universal feeling of re rejection unrequited love whatever it is and i think that's what everybody's really trying to do is connect to that moment in themselves when they're writing a song or a book or whatever um, and they're trying to relay that information out to the world and hope that other people connect to it too um, and he does it in such a visceral way over and over and just so powerfully in this song yeah and it strikes me about that song that that he does handle this really big emotion that most people have experienced which is uh loving someone who doesn't love you back but who's not who's not just telling you that they don't love you he 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 tackles this really big emotion by um conveying these really tiny moments and these exactly tiny vignettes you know yeah exactly that's the cross that's where john prine crosses the crossover between anecdotal storytelling and and poetic i don't know metaphor, I guess. <laughs> like, he, he takes something abstract and something extremely tactile or extremely real, anecdotal, and brings them together. And then the crossroads is where it really hits you. You know, the last line of the chorus, 
looks, uh, ain't it funny how an old broken bottle looks just like a diamond ring, but it's far, far from me. And the sky is black and still now on the hill. Just like a diamond ring But it's far, far from me It's pretty, uh, that's kind of obscure and maybe kind of nebulous and the, and the meaning is somewhere out there within that metaphor that you kind of reach for but he gives you that meaning through those stories but he doesn't, the chorus isn't like but I know she never loved me and I know she'll never love me and he doesn't say that because he doesn't have to and that's like uh, I think what I love about it too, and that's always something that I really love in songs when they don't like, they don't just fully hold your hand or tell you. I hate when songs treat you like a child or like in like you can't figure it out or that they just tell you everything, you know. Um, unless that's the point. Sometimes it can be wonderful, but I, I do like when a song is a little more abstract. Um, and and I know like these lyrics are not abstract really um, when you sit down and read them, but. They are in that way, like the chorus is, the chorus goes somewhere else. It's a scene change for the chorus and then it's back to the story. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I love that. The, the, the mix of, of, of kind of the, the anecdotal stuff with poetic, with metaphor. But it's far, far from me. I grew up in a musical family. My dad and uh, his whole side of the family would, uh, at family reunions, get together at the end of the night, or at some point in the night, they would play music. And um, it's a big family. He's the youngest of 13 kids. So there was a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of cousins. And, you know, there'd be banjo, guitars, accordions, and stuff, and dancing, and whatever. And they'd play a lot of songs. And I just, uh, so many of the songs, I just never really thought, oh, that's a... You know, that's a John Prine song, that's a Rolling Stone song, that's a whatever song. I just thought of them as, like, my dad's songs, or that's Uncle Mike's song, or that's, you know, that's Paul's song, or whatever. Um, and so a lot of a lot of John Prine was was first introduced to me that way, right? Just it, They're just almost like a, in a traditional folk song way, the way folk songs are passed down through generations. And this was one of those songs. Um, but I think it was, it was hearing John Prine's version and learning it, actually, and learning how to uh, learning the lyrics and playing it too. When did you learn the song? I learned it recently. Only in the last year did I actually sit down and learn it um, because I loved it so much. And uh, so now I'm the one who sings it when we get together. <laughs> I stole this one from my dad. Is your dad a songwriter? Did you have songwriters in your family or were they mostly <clears throat> players? I do have songwriters in my family. My dad, my dad has written songs, but one of the first things he taught, he told me, advice-wise, was when I was about 14, I think. It was a few years after I had started playing guitar, and around the time that I started actually playing in a band, so I would have been maybe 15. It was kind of unlike him, but he made a point of like coming in, coming to me and giving me advice. And he said, he said when he was making music, he always was good at imitating. He could. He played in kind of a bar band for maybe five years or something, and then he played in another band that got signed to Atlantic, and he toured with Rush and April Wine and stuff. And 
it never really like took off for him. But a lot of what he did was was covers and stuff like that. And um, he said he could imitate, you know, he could imitate Janis Joplin or Robert Plant, and people would go, "Wow, man, you sound just like her. You just sound just like him." Um, but he said he he wishes that he had developed his own voice more as a songwriter and as in like just found his own voice. And he said, you should write songs like what you're, you're playing guitar. Now you're playing in a band, write, start writing songs and they can be bad songs, write songs about the rain, write songs about anything, just write it. And, and it'll get, you'll get better at it. And I actually listened to him and it's one of those things where like you're thankful that your parents or somebody gives you advice and that for whatever reason you're open to it and that you didn't just go because there's so many other times too where somebody tells you something and you just you ignore it or you go oh I know better than you um so I'm you know I'm thankful that he said that and that I was open to it and that I did start writing songs and I wrote some terrible terrible songs and then eventually wrote some gradually got better at it or I hope I got better at it I don't know <laughs> but um he wasn't he wasn't a big songwriter, but he he was the one that was I I would say uh, responsible for for me becoming a songwriter because because of that conversation. So your dad sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> he is talking about his dad made Luke realize that maybe there was more to his song choice than he had first thought. Like especially when we started talking about Born Ruffian's new record, Uncle Duke. And the chief. I guess now I'm now I'm thinking it's good I chose this song because I mean the record it does it's not about I didn't write the whole record about my dad or parents but they're 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 definitely there. Um, my dad in 2015. So our last record came out in 2015, but <clears throat> actually as we were recording that one, rough, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he went through it. Uh, the better part of a year doing chemo and radiation and all that. So yeah, I mean, then the writing for the new record, um, that that just the, that kind of thing, you know, like the potential loss of a parent or that that definitely would have played a part in some of the songwriting, consciously or subconsciously. And uh, the song "Forget Me" is a is definitely about death, dying, somebody dying. Someday a white light will come for you to comfort you. Well, I'll put my shades on, shield my eyes. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I wrote that the day David Bowie passed away, and he brought a lot of those things to the forefront of my mind. And uh, I think I think a lot of the things that I had been thinking about peripherally with my dad, but maybe not dealing with head on, kind of came out in that song a little bit too. Another song called "Spread So Thin" as well on the record that is at least the first verse. You know, I wrote it when I woke up. I had this dream that I met my dad when he was like I met him as a young man 
and he didn't know that he was my dad, and he, we just, it was a really short dream. I just met him at a party, and he shook my hand, and he was really nice, and that was it. And I was just like, wow, that was weird, and that kind of came through, that came out in the song that I wrote. So yeah, family and loss, and, and uh, it is a pretty emotional record, um, and I, I think, you know, I think that my dad's illness and stuff kind of made me think of him a lot more and appreciate my parents in general, both of them, not just my dad, my mom, too, and, um, and the record in a funny way is kind of in, it's sort of in tribute to them. Um, it's named Uncle Duke and the Chief, and Uncle is my dad's nickname. And uh, Duke is Mitch's dad's nickname is Duke, and Steve's dad's nickname is the Chief. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's funny how those things all have ha do this John Prine song. I kind of chose it on, not on a sort of on a whim, but you know, it it, it all comes for full circle, I guess. Uh, it all does relate back to uh, the same thing in my life, I guess. Someday. is Forget Me. You heard it earlier in the episode. It's the first track off Born Ruffian's new record, Uncle Duke and the Chief, a song that Luke Lalonde wrote in part about the passing of David Bowie and in part about his dad. It's got an incredible video where he's like in love with, uh, for lack of a better word, like with a dummy. It's actually incredibly touching. I cried my way through the video and I don't know about you, but like personally, I need more songs like this. I'm 40, and I'm kind of over love songs. Instead, I find myself tied to so many people, kids, my partner, my parents, my friends, all of whom I'm discovering are mortal. I mean, intellectually, I've known this for a while, but it wasn't until recently that I truly felt that it was true, like deeply felt it. And I need songs to help me understand all the pain and beauty and love and terror that I'm feeling. So yeah more songs like this. Born Ruffians will be on tour starting in March, and I'll post a link to their tour dates, along with a link to their new record on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org. We'll also have a Spotify playlist there so you can hear all the songs we referenced all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Aaron Waltz is our wonderful social media intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true. Our theme song is Mahout, possibly Mahout, by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Uh -huh.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.